This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. The Hindu Festival of Lights, Diwali, is coming up on Monday, and you might consider celebrating it with a variety of South Asian desserts. I know you're probably familiar with Indian curries and naan, but one Chicago writer argues that their desserts have been a missed opportunity for many. And when better to try them than during Diwali? Ashok Selvam is an editor at Eater Chicago. Welcome to Reset. Great to meet you finally. I know. It's been too, way too long. Right. Uh, so give us a brief history, Ashok, of Diwali. Like, what is it and how do people typically celebrate this holiday? Oh, brief. Uh, too long, didn't read. Uh, you know, uh, it's the Festival of Lights. You know, we always like to, you know, in the Western world to kind of describe it in terms that we can all understand. But kind of the, the summary is... Uh, this is a holiday where friends and family kind of celebrate good triumphing over evil. Mm. And they do this by wearing really nice clothes, you know, as, you know, a lot of South Asians, you've seen by, for our weddings, we, we like to, you know, dress in bold colors yes. for them if you want to take some stereotypes, but, you know, sometimes stereotypes are, are true. So, uh, there are fireworks, there's like family gatherings, uh, there's, uh, you know, and then there's the matai or sweets that w- what we were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, the, the desserts, which aren't really desserts, uh, you know, oh, uh, explain, you know, uh, it, in India, there, there's not like that kind of final bite, that sweet bite at the end of the meal. These matai, they're like gulab jamun, burfis, gulab jamun are the kind of the cake like, uh, orange, uh, spheres that you uh, are often were, were served in India buffets. That's how a lot of folks were familiar with, uh, Indian and South Asian food was, was the buffet. And there's for right. a variety of reasons for that. So, uh, you know, the, these, these are like kind of traditional ways to enjoy, but these, these were snacks, you know, the, you ah. know, dirt, in between meals to kind of brighten up your day with a little, uh, little sweet delight of, uh, cardamom or, you know, it's fascinating all the techniques they're used and they so vary regionally. They have different names depending on India. It's really the subcontinent because, you know, it's the, the languages, the people, the culture, mm-hmm. you know, uh, even, uh, my parents who are from South India, we never use the word Diwali. We use what another term, it? Deepavali. Ah, and you know, uh, so depending on which part of the the, the country you're in, mm-hmm. you might celebrate it differently. You might call it a, even a different name. Yeah, and then there's also the family traditions, like any other tradition. You know, they they differ. You know, my wife's family, you know, who are North Indians, they you know, they uh, you know they they went to temple. They did something called a Lakshmi puja uh, in in Hinduism. Uh, Lakshmi is the goddess of uh, wealth, mm-hmm. so it's kind of to ward. Uh, bad luck. They clean, they clean their homes to kind of rid, you know, it's kind of the burning of the sage. You want to get rid of a uh, negative, uh, energy. They, they do the same thing. Yeah. I'm curious in your household, how do you, how do you make a compromise? North India, South India, which way do you celebrate? Well, it's, it's a story of our lives. We, uh, we're actually having a, a, a party tomorrow because, uh, we had our first kid, Avi, you know, uh, he's nine months old. So oh, we want to kind of establish a new tradition. And we're, so we're having a party, kind of a mishmash. Uh, and, uh, the, the common denominator and the reason I'm on the show is, is the sweets. Food. You know? Yeah. So what would you say are the first foods that come to mind around this time? Well, I know I'm going to kind of uh, get off the the path of sweets, but biryani, you know, the kind of the rice dish. Mm. Uh, a lot of, you know, Hindus, uh, it, the holiday is celebrated globally, and it's just not faiths. You know, uh, I, I was talking to uh, the chef at Wazwa, my, my guy, uh, Zubair Mohir. He is from India, but he's Muslim. And when he opened his restaurant last year in Wicker Park, he celebrated with a Diwali tasting menu. And folks were like, well, you're Muslim, and you're celebrating a Hindu holiday, you know? And he's like, well, it's celebrated everywhere. 
So, you know, you have to get past that that barrier. Not a lot of folks understand the commonalities a lot of the South Asians share. Yeah. So biryani is kind of a kind of a, a chefy, like kind of a royal dish. Uh folks have kind of a kind of a guilt around meat around this holiday. So okay. there's a lot of vegetarians and uh you know, you'll you'll have like mushroom biryani, you'll have like the smell of saffron. A lot of folks like to mm. uh use a kind of a pastry crust to kind of trap that those wonderful aromas and then you cut it up and then oh, that you, you, you smell you know it, it, it's it's wonderful oh man you give a lot of love to to diwali uh, sweets in your piece and you you write about the challenges that uh, many pastry chefs are facing when they're making these uh, desserts how you know they're so sweet but maybe not sweeter than some desserts that we know and we love here in America um but just a different kind of sweet so talk more about the traditional sweeteners in Diwali treats. Well, there's sugar. You know, sugar is uh, differs from all cultures, but there's a, a type of sugar, jaggery, that is really used a lot. And before before the internet with Amazon, where you can mail order everything, uh, it was hard to find. You know, you would go to probably maybe to Devon uh, Patel Brothers. They would stock it. Uh, there's a, a great uh, store downtown called Metro Spice Mark. Uh, it's, it's kind of a in the West Loop. Uh, it, it just Great location. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, uh, endorse it enough, but, uh, the sweet is a little bit more, I don't know, long lasting and it, it intense than a, a traditional white sugar, the confection sugar that you would find in pastries. Uh, you know, it, it just, you can take just a bite of a sweet. If you're, yeah. maybe if you're a kid and you want that sugar high, you, you just, you eat the whole thing and, uh, you know, you're just off the walls, uh, for the whole day and annoying yeah. your parents, but it's, it's a little more sustaining and it, it just kind of overwhelms a lot of, uh, our traditional palates in the Western world. Yeah. So portion sizes are different than, than, you know, cause we love our big portions here in the U.S. <laughs> I mean, if you go to Gibson's, you see that chocolate cake slab. Oh I mean, gosh. it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like who's, who, who can eat all that? Yeah, it's, you know, you better have uh, your Instagram photos or it didn't happen. Right. Um, Indian sweets have a different look and taste than a lot of American sweets, but that doesn't necessarily need to be a barrier to entry, right? No, I, I, I don't think so. There's a lot. It's a lot. Everything stems from confidence, you know? You bring in something and and you're trying to compare it. Like, oh, does it? That's one funky looking brownie. Like I remember in in high school, we did a a project about India and we brought in those gulab jamuns. And some kids like, oh, what's that weird sausage that's in like bathing in grease? Which it was syrup and maybe gulab jamun. We thought it was the easiest thing to translate. And I'm not. I'm probably devolving into that kind of the stereotype uh, lunchbox moment. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know. I was talking to a chef in the story that I wrote from Domica, this wonderful restaurant uh, in in New York. They, uh, the chef uh, won the James Beard Award this year, which were given out in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he was thinking, when you go to someone's home, you maybe you'll bring some French pastries, you'll bring a box of chocolate, but you'll never necessarily think to bring, uh, you know, a box of Matai. Why is that? You know, it's just, you know, there are different tiers of, you know, how you kind of classify uh, desserts or sweets, mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily put Indian or South Asian sweets in the high-class category. Yeah. Talk more about why you say uh, it, these South Asian sweets just haven't really caught on here in, in countries, Western countries like the U.S. I know you were t- writing about uh, the labor that it takes to make these desserts. You, you said it doesn't always make economic sense. Yeah, it's expensive to open a restaurant for everyone, you know, especially in the city of Chicago where you licensing, real estate, all of those factors are, are tremendous. But then when it comes to actually you're in the door, uh, 
you're spending all that labor putting your front, you know, your best stuff, your your, your curries, your nons. You want to take as much time to to nail that. Yeah. You don't necessarily think of desserts. So when you're run out run out of labor, you run out of money to procure ingredients. You want to make it easy. So a lot of like gulab jamuns, rasmalai, uh, that comes from a can. It's pretty. It's pre mixed. At least those were the kind of the the food memories of the eighties and and nineties. Yeah. But now. It's people want the same experience. They want the same consistency. If you're vying for, on the same level of another like kind of Michelin star upscale restaurant, you want that appetizer to be just as good as the dessert. Yeah. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about foods and desserts celebrating Diwali. That's happening this Monday. And we're talking with Ashok Selvam, who's an editor of Eater Chicago. I want to add another voice to the conversation. Jasmine Chef is a James Beard Foundation grant winner and creator of Tasting India. That's in Chicago's Andersonville neighborhood. Welcome, Jasmine. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Sure. Tell us a bit about Tasting India. Yeah, so Tasting India started at the start of the pandemic, which was a sort of perfect timing, I guess, to open a new business. Um, But what we do is really highlight different Indian regional cuisines that don't often get their limelight um, and are also very unknown because, you know, what you get commercially um, in Indian restaurants is is just a small sliver or representation of what Indian cuisine is. And so... My goal with Tasting India was really to spotlight regional Indian cuisines um, that, uh, you know, make up the entire diaspora um, yeah. of the country. Well, what's on your menu this week for Diwali? So this week we actually did a really special Diwali Mithai box. Mithai is traditional Diwali uh, sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, we had three different offerings. Um, one was my childhood favorite, which is a moti chur ladu, we call it. And it's basically tiny chickpea pearls that you fry and then soak in a saffron syrup mm-hmm. uh, and then mold into a truffle. It's a very labor-intensive three-day process to make, which was Super fun. Um, wow. And then we also had uh, another chickpea truffle, which is basically chickpea flour that's toasted in ghee for about two hours. So it gets really nice and toasty and almost like a molten lava. And it's then cooled down and also molded in whichever shape that you that, that you would like. Yeah. Um, for the third offering, we had a toasted milk and cardamom milk fudge cake, um, which traditionally in India we call beta but it really translates to a fudge-like consistency. Um, and those we shaped into really pretty flower-like mooncakes. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm drooling, Jasmine. I also see <laughs> Ashok is nodding his head as you're speaking of, <laughs> of your desserts. Uh, can you talk about some of the challenges that you run into making them here in the U.S.? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for one, like I said, it's a very labor-intensive process, so... Yeah. Time and labor is one of the biggest challenges that we face, and which is also why it's sometimes very hard to, to scale up in, in huge quantities. Um, the the other challenge is obviously also procuring the right ingredients and trying to recreate something that's as close to authentic in terms of quality that, that we grew up eating in India. So I, I would say those two are sort of the, mm-hmm. the biggest challenges. Um, for me, as a, as a solo business owner, definitely labor, so I don't have any help. So this year, my sister very kindly flew in from New York to help me with oh, that's uh, great. all of the stuff. So some of the ladus that are 
all over the U.S. right now to our customers uh, have financial struggle pay. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, question for both of you, you know, for people listening to us now who won't be making these from scratch, right? Where is your favorite place to get Mitai? You first, Jasmine. Uh, that's a really tricky question for, because I typically do make you them. You just make them, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I would definitely say if you go to the Devon area and go to restaurants that may even put in the time and labor to make even some more simpler mitai by hand, uh, things like gulab jamun or kheer, which is basically a rice pudding. Those are things that are less labor intensive, and I feel like you know some Indian restaurants do take the time uh, to make them by hand. So I would definitely go explore that neighborhood, especially during Diwali. You'll mm-hmm. see the lights, you'll see you know, people within the, the Indian community um, buying jewelry because buying gold during Diwali is a, is a huge Thing. And then a lot of people just going into sweet shops and restaurants and enjoying all of the mitai that they can possibly consume. Yeah. How about you, Ashok? Where do you like to go? Well, uh, Devon is the traditional center, as, as Jasmine uh, put up. Hey, Jasmine, good to hear from you. And, uh, you know, Sagadia is, is a well-known sweet shop right right on Devon. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're changing as, as the story that I, t- I talked about. Uh, you know, we have over in Rue in West Loop, they are doing, uh, sweets shaped like chocolate cigars with gold wrappers, edible wow. gold. And uh, they're really kind of changing the, uh, the discussion to bring in more than folks that with, uh, from, uh, South Asian traditions. But I'm biased and I'm going to pander right now. J- when Jasmine arrived in Chicago in 2020, no one was doing what she was doing. And she was doing it with with such a chef's touch, such a passion, such a dedication. It really opened a lot of eyes. So for the last three years, uh, I've been lucky enough to have some of uh, Jasmine's Matai. And I'm looking very forward to tomorrow opening those boxes and sharing with family. <laughs> um, if you had to try a kind of Matai again for the very first time, what would it be, Ashok? You know, and is it something that we can find here in Chicago? Well, there's nothing like the first bite of a gulab jamun that's warm. You know, it's just prepared right. I'm not talking, again, the, the stuff that's sitting in a buffet, kind of a bastardization of South Asian cuisine. You know, a fresh uh, gulab jamun is great. And over in Logan Square for brunch, you could go to Supercana International, and they use the gulab jamun syrup in the French toast. Mm. And it's kind of like reminding you of those nostalgic flavors all over again and presenting it in a brand new way. That is pretty cool. What about you, Jasmine? Anything that you would try again for the first time if you could? Yes, absolutely. So speaking of warm gulab jamuns, there's a similar mitai called rasgulla, which is um, white in color, but also soaked in a rose and sugar syrup. And oh, I have goodness. memories from my childhood. My uncle would buy us like literally huge clay pots full of fresh rasgullas that were still warm. And I think if I could recreate that moment of a first bite of a warm rasgulla, I would give anything for that. Oh my God, that sounds so good. <laughs> um, what are you guys doing to celebrate Diwali this year? You first, Jasmine. Uh, so I'm actually in Wisconsin in the middle of nowhere catering for a wellness retreat for 24 oh, no. beautiful women um, with my sister. So uh, at least I get to spend some time with my family. Um, and then on Monday, we'll be at UIC uh, taking over one of the dining halls and catering for about a thousand students for Diwali dinner. Nice, nice. What about you, Ashok? What are you up to this weekend? 
I've got the in-laws in town, and we're going to have You're a, a party. You're having that mishmash dinner? Yeah, that we're, we're, we're having a party tomorrow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was really important for us with, with the, the baby in tow to establish traditions in, in Chicago. We've been here for, for, you know, decades in, in the city. And now it's a way to celebrate. You know, it really is about the child. And then on Monday, I'm taking the day off. You know, it might not be on our work calendar As or anything. I'm taking that day off. So, uh, yeah. you know, a little, little relaxation to actually observe the holiday. Happy Diwali. Ashok Selvim is the editor at Eater Chicago. And Jasmine Sheff is a James Beard Foundation grant winner and creator of Tasting India in Andersonville. Thank you both. You're welcome. Thank Thanks you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.